Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the BS, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to optimize your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance and well-being, body, mind, and soul. Hey, beautiful. Welcome back to the Nutrition Edit Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Oliver, and today is the final episode of season two. Over the last 12 weeks, we've talked about releasing guilt and shame around food, myofunctional therapy, hypnotherapy and quantum healing, longevity, motivation, coffee, water, hormones, and even semaglutide or ozempic. We've covered a lot, and I hope that you've learned as much from my wonderful guests as I did. I sure had fun doing it, and I've gotten some great feedback from all of you about the episodes, so I'm glad that you enjoyed it too. In this final episode of the season, there's one topic that I want to talk to you about today that I've touched on here and there, but it merits spending more time on. I've had so many clients tell me over the years that they struggle to make lasting change for themselves because deep down they don't really believe that they deserve to take good care of themselves. They feel that somehow they are less worthy than others to feel great or to enjoy their bodies. The reasons behind this can be very complex and nuanced, and everyone is so different. But there are some common roots of this belief or ways that this belief can manifest in our lives. Now, before I move on, I want to direct you to an episode of my friend Genevieve Joy's podcast that explains this much better than I can, and I think that will give you a better understanding of how to address this belief. So after listening to this episode, pop over there. Her podcast is called Become Your Own Savior, and it's episode number five of season one, titled Why Self-Sacrifice is the Ultimate Silent Killer. This is such a great listen. She's much more of an expert on this than I am. So today I am going to focus on the firsthand knowledge that I have about this in my practice in hopes that it will inspire you to do the necessary healing and start enjoying your life more. So to set the stage here, we need to understand that as infants and small children, we're developing coping skills and relational strategies to ensure our survival. If we feel unsafe or insecure in our family unit, or if we have parents who did not value or validate our emotions and needs as important, we take on that belief that we are not important and we can carry that into adulthood. So if you've suffered abuse, lived in extreme poverty, or had an unpredictable or volatile parent, maybe someone who struggled with addiction or emotional regulation of their own, it's really natural that you would have to suppress your own emotions because it wasn't safe for you as a child to feel and express them. Maybe you were told that you should be grateful or to stop complaining every time you tried to express an emotion that was deemed negative, or you may have even been mocked for expressing your emotions. That one's really common for men because in many families and cultures, boys are not allowed the space to be tender little boys. They're expected to act like alpha males. This can show up as people-pleasing or downplaying our own needs and self-sacrificing in order to keep the peace or to feel accepted or as Genevieve talks about, to feel like a good person. And this can happen for anyone regardless of gender, but in our society and culture, women often struggle with this more. 
And at the time of this recording, this is a little aside for you, the Barbie movie recently came out and America Ferrera has an amazing monologue that sums this up to perfection. So if you haven't seen it yet, definitely go check it out. I was reluctant to see it. Don't know what I was expecting, but it was it was great. Definitely worth it. Hello, nutrition editors. If you've been listening and you're ready to put this work into practice in your own life, head over to joliverwellness.com and book a free 30-minute chat to learn more about coaching with me or to check out my self-study programs. I also invite you to join my email list where you'll hear from me a few times each month with recipes and strategies for reducing stress, improving your metabolic health, and working out smarter, not harder. Subscribers will also receive exclusive offers in my programs that I don't share anywhere else, and you'll get early access to registration for my Body Liberation Together group program. I look forward to connecting with you, and let's get back to the show. So as women, we are expected to take care of everyone else before ourselves. We're expected to have a successful career, be a great mom, be a great partner, maintain our social lives, and of course, have perfect bodies, right? But if we dare to prioritize our self-care, which is the very thing that allows us to show up as our best selves in our lives, then we're called selfish or high maintenance. And listen, we can talk about the problem of the patriarchy, but women are the worst when it comes to bashing other women, and we need to fucking stop it. We really need to stop it. I'll give you a personal example of this. So as someone who has chosen not to have children, I have been told that I am selfish and narcissistic. And I've had women who are moms throw shade because I have been able to travel a lot and I can go do whatever I like because I don't have kids. Now, I have very deep respect for parents and I truly believe that raising humans is a spiritual calling. It's just not my calling. And I think it's really important for us to understand that it's not our calling because there are a lot of bad parents out there And kids would suffer a lot less if people said, hey, you know what? This isn't for me. Those of us who have chosen not to have kids, there are so many reasons behind our making that choice. And it's usually not because we don't like kids. For myself and many of my child-free friends, it's about wanting a different lifestyle for ourselves. Many of us didn't have carefree childhoods. And sometimes we had to be the adult because our parents weren't. So we don't necessarily want to continue that into our adult lives. And then some of us didn't have much freedom as young people, so freedom is now a precious thing to us. There are a multitude of reasons that everyone is different. And this is the point that I want to make today. We need to make the choices that are right for us and that allow us to live the lives that we dream of, even if others don't like it. This is really important when we're talking about our health, fitness, and food choices, because it can be challenging to make big changes in those areas if the people around us are not supportive. People also feel really free to make comments, jokes, and public judgments around others' food choices, and for the most part, it's been socially acceptable. For example, if we discover that a food doesn't work for us, like gluten or dairy, or even if we're just trying to make healthier choices— People will often mock or shame us for being high maintenance or trying to avoid certain foods. Maybe you grew up in a family or culture where the food was unhealthy, or maybe it wasn't unhealthy, but it just doesn't work for your body and your health goals at this stage of your life. It's really common for food to be an expression of love in a family. So in either scenario, saying no to those foods or changing your eating habits 
would mean some sort of disconnection from or maybe a rejection of that family or culture. And from a biological standpoint, this makes perfect sense. On a cellular nervous system level, we fear being alienated from our communities because in primal times, that could have meant death for us, right? Thankfully, that's no longer the case in modern life, but it can feel really scary to make changes when we know that it may make others uncomfortable or unhappy. Another layer that's present here is that we have also been brainwashed by big food corporations, big agriculture, and the media to see junk foods as a treat or reward when they're actually harmful to us. Now, of course, I am not talking about the occasional indulgence, like enjoying cake on your birthday or at a wedding or having a great dinner out here and there and having dessert and a glass of wine. I'm talking about the foods that we eat day in and day out, the foods that make up our regular diet, okay? Along with that message from you know the media and big food, Along with that comes the message that we shouldn't deprive ourselves. And while it is not emotionally or physically healthy to live in a state of constant deprivation, I think we need to really change our thinking about what deprivation is. Never allowing ourselves to indulge in something decadent and delicious is one thing. That is not good. But on the other hand, just allowing ourselves to eat whatever we want, whenever we want, regardless of how it affects our bodies, is something very, very different. And I think it's really dangerous to think about avoiding or limiting foods that harm our bodies as depriving ourselves. And the reality here is that there is always a trade-off happening, okay? If we choose to say no to those what I call blissy foods, foods that are usually very high glycemic, so high sugar or high, you know, starch, empty calorie foods. If we choose to say no to those, well, no, we're not going to get that momentary rush of endorphins or that that dopamine hit that we get. But we'll feel more energetic and struggle less with our body composition or illness if we instead choose nutrient dense foods that actually nourish our bodies. And the flip side of this is that if we choose to chronically overindulge in those blissy foods or in foods that don't work for us or serve our bodies well, we are depriving ourselves of feeling energetic and vibrant. And we're depriving ourselves of enjoying our bodies and feeling good in our own skin. We might deprive ourselves of longevity, right? And mobility as we age. These are a big deal. The thing that's frustrating and sad for me is that I hear all the time from people that they don't want to stop eating this junk food or that junk food, et cetera, but they still want to get the results that would require either eliminating or greatly reducing those foods in their diet. And I think that this is a product of diet culture and weight loss companies who for decades have been pushing this idea on us that you can still quote unquote, you know, eat all the foods you love, but really you're just eating less of them or smaller quantities, right? And as I've talked about in past episodes, what ends up happening is that people are trying to eat smaller portions of the same empty calorie foods when what they need to be doing is eating more nutrient-dense foods that are actually nourishing their bodies. And when we're cutting those calories and just eating less of these empty calorie foods, we're just getting less and less nutrition and setting ourselves up for failure, right? I mean, talk about deprivation. You are literally depriving your body of the building blocks and the nutrients that it needs to function, right? And This is where I think that believing we deserve something more, that we deserve something better, really comes into play. 
if we can shift from trying to, you know, grab whatever gives us that little momentary hit of pleasure and instead decide that we're going to trade that for feeling good in our bodies more often, feeding ourselves in a way that helps our bodies function optimally, and start to think of what we really want for ourselves, then we're getting somewhere. And if we ask ourselves, do we want to live in a cycle of feeling awful, but then having a momentary fix where maybe we're happy while we're eating the cookies or eating the pizza or whatever it might be, Or do we want to live lives where we're treating our bodies with true respect most of the time? We're eating foods that really nourish us and that give us what we need. Foods that help us make the neurotransmitters that help us feel good most of the time versus, you know, feeling rotten a lot of the time and then needing those quick dopamine fixes that don't last. But here's the thing. If deep down inside we don't actually believe that we deserve that respect, that nurturing and that nourishment, we're going to struggle to give it to ourselves. I know because I struggle with this myself and I see clients struggle with it all the time. So here's what I suggest. In the same way that it's really unlikely you're going to go from hating your body to just loving your body magically because someone told you you should, it's also really hard to go from not believing that you deserve to take good care of yourself to feeling worthy of doing what it takes to feel your best or to have the life that you dream of overnight. It's not going to happen. I can tell you until I'm blue in the face how worthy and deserving you are, but until you believe it yourself, it's going to be really tough to make the necessary changes to feel your best. You need to feel safe and cared for in your body. And if you try to do too much too fast as you're working on changing your nutrition, your exercise, um, your self-care, mindset, all of those things, if you try to do too much too fast, it will make your nervous system really, well, nervous. (laughs) So in order to feel safer as you move forward, it's really key to take small steps so that you can establish some self-trust, some self-respect, and start to understand what does and does not work for you and for your body. And this takes some experimentation and a lot of courage for sure. But by taking these small little steps and dipping your toe in the water, it can help your nervous system feel a lot safer because each thing that you try and do successfully will make you feel more safe and you're more likely to repeat that behavior, okay? And you might have to repeat the same thing for a while. I mean, just as an example, maybe you start with the goal of, let's say, drinking enough water each day, okay? Great. Gradually and start increasing the amount of water that you drink every day. Don't worry about anything else. Just start with that one simple goal and then really reward yourself and give yourself a mental pat on the back every time you drink a glass of water. Maybe you have an actual gold star chart on your refrigerator. Do something that feels gratifying, even if it's you know checking it off on a list, whatever that is for you. And then once you kind of have that down and you're like, hey, I'm drinking enough water every day, or I'm I'm drinking enough water almost all the time, then you can add something else in. And here is maybe a better example. So in the context of what we're talking about, let's say that you realized that you have a gluten sensitivity. If you are a people pleaser or you're worried about eating out with friends and asking for special accommodation from the wait staff and being like that person, which I've been there 
you know, no one wants to be the princess who's all precious about everything and has to have, you know, everything just so. But here's the thing. If you're gracious and you come from a place of genuine, like, hey, this doesn't work for me, nobody cares most of the time. <laughs> so what I recommend in this scenario would be to try asking for gluten-free menu options when you're out with someone that's really safe. So maybe it's your spouse or it's a friend who will not be critical of you and who will be supportive of your efforts to avoid foods that don't work for you. I've had scenarios where, and I think I've, I've given this example on podcasts previously, where if you're eating out with a group of people, maybe it's a business lunch or dinner, or you're with new friends or people you don't know really well who don't feel super safe or you don't necessarily want to announce all your you know food allergies or intolerances in front of the table, go a little early and tell the server, hey, I've got some food restrictions. Can we you know work out what I'm going to order beforehand? And then when they come to the table, you give them your order. You don't have to say anything about being gluten-free or whatever it is in front of everyone else at the table. The server already knows if they have to alter your order in any way. And bing, bang, boom, you're done. You're good to go. Another example of this is if you're going to someone else's home, offer to bring a dish with you that you can eat and enjoy and you know, bring something that makes you feel good and that works for your body. And in that scenario, maybe you don't even have to mention to anyone that you're trying to be gluten-free. Just bring your dish and don't rely on someone else to provide something that's going to work for you. You and only you are in charge of your body and your health. The people who really love you or care about you, they're going to want your highest good, even if it makes them uncomfortable as you start to make changes. People get used to interacting with us in a certain way or seeing us in a certain light. And when that changes, it's their nervous system that can start to freak out a little bit. But guess what? That is not your responsibility. It's your job to stay true to yourself and do what's right for you. And it's their job to do the same for themselves, okay? What they're experiencing is really none of your business. Your only responsibility is to take care of you. And often what can happen, keep in mind, like your choices may shine a light on things that they may know they need to change but aren't ready to. And that can make them feel sort of judged or threatened. But again, this is not your fault. That's about them and their stuff. So let them take care of their own stuff. You worry about yours. And trust me, everyone will be better off in the long run. And if there is someone that is not supportive or who is not supportive of you making decisions or changes that you need to for your own well-being and happiness, well, you may be better off without them in your life. Now, that's kind of an extreme example, but sometimes when we break away from the identity or lifestyle that we've held for a really long time, it ends up sifting out certain people along the way. And that's okay because you'll end up drawing people who are more aligned with your value system and the person who you are or want to become. And as you practice these things, it does get easier, but it will take time. Standing up for yourself is not always easy, and it's, it's a skill. Standing up for yourself is a skill, and in order to get better at skills, we have to practice them, right? I really recommend checking out the book Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. I know I've told you this before in other episodes, but I honestly can't say enough about it. He really lays out this concept of making small changes in a lovely, gentle way 
And he's a behavioral research expert. So he is the guy leading a lot of the research behind all of this. And he has the evidence to show that making incremental small changes really works. So if you've never read that book, definitely check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. But my point here is to start taking some small steps so that your nervous system doesn't feel like, whoa, holy crap, this is a massive change. This does not feel safe for me. Because that's usually when the whole self-sabotage thing will kick in. You will be subconsciously drawn back into whatever your old familiar behaviors were and away from whatever the new behaviors or the new habits are that you're trying to establish because it doesn't feel safe to you on a cellular level. And unfortunately, oftentimes our nervous systems can feel safe in situations that are not good for us, that are not healthy, and that are not indeed safe at all, but they're familiar. So it's the devil you know, so to speak. And you need to believe it yourself, but I want to tell you again that you deserve to feel good in your own skin and to enjoy your body. You deserve to take good care of yourself and to stop prioritizing everyone else's needs before your own. Your unique gifts and talents that you bring to this world are not served by you playing small and feeling like crap all the time. You are as worthy as every other human being on this planet of love and nurturing and nourishment. And I want to encourage you parents out there who think that you're helping your kids out by putting their needs above your own. But I want you to remember that they're going to model your behavior by caring for yourself, for your body and soul with respect and reverence. You'll teach them that it's okay for them to do the same thing. Kids often don't do what we tell them to do. They do what we model for them and what they see us do. And this is how we empower other women and girls to break the cycle of running ourselves into the ground and still feeling like we're not enough. It starts with you. And when others see that you can do it, they'll realize that they can too. So that's what I have for you today. It was kind of a quick one, <laughs> but I think it's an important one. And look, I should also mention that I, I know that I'm speaking from a place of privilege here. I am really fortunate that I've had access to therapy and coaching and healthy, real food because many people do not. And I'm going to include a link to the Environmental Working Group's Good Food on a Tight Budget Guide. I don't agree with everything in that guide, but it's still a massive improvement over the standard American diet. Um, so it's a good place to start that shows you some alternatives to highly processed empty calorie foods so that you can start eating more nutritious foods that really give your body what it needs, even if it's inexpensive. So, you know, not everyone can afford organic, fresh produce and things all the time or even have access to it where they live. So that's a great place to start. I'm also going to include some resources in the show notes for practitioners who specialize in helping you heal from unconscious patterns along with some other free or low-cost options for support in that realm. Okay, so that's a wrap for season two. I'll be taking a short break over the next few weeks, but I'll be back soon with more great guests for you in season three. As always, DM me on Instagram or comment on my podcast page at nutritioneditpodcast.com with any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover in the future. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you next time. Hey there, I'm so glad you hung out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it, subscribe, and leave me a review. It only takes a minute and it helps me achieve my mission of giving more women the tools to feel better and enjoy life more. 
Also, check out the show notes for links to connect with me and learn more about the information and products featured in each episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. And now for all the legal stuff. I am not a doctor, and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice, and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach-client relationship. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast, and do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking any new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinions of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Jeannie Oliver Wellness LLC or our producers.